This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. That is America's greatest country in the world. How are you? Happy Saturday. I want to uh, play this interview for you here. I think it gives a good little insight into, uh, into Donald Trump. Do what you want with it. So when did... Donald Trump, trademark, make America great again. When do you think he trademarked make America great again? Take a guess. A uh, little, uh, little perspective. Uh, he announced he was going to run on June 16th, 2015. June 16th, 2015. So when did he register his, uh, or when did he trademark make America great again? Now, could be after that, could be before it. Uh, just keep in mind, remember, there's a lot of talk about him doing this on a whim. You know, like, does he really even want to? That kind of thing. So could be after or right before. He applied for the trademark on January 12th. Excuse me. November 12th, 2012. Six days after Mitt Romney lost the election in 2012. Six days. He sat back in his chair. And thought about running and then said, well, if I run, what slogan would I use? And then trademarked it. I want to play this clip where he's doing an interview with the Washington Post he's talking about. Here it is. As soon as the loss took place, I said, I'll tell you what, assuming I'm in a good position, assuming all of the things that you have to assume, which are many, uh, I'm going to run next time. I said Mm -hmm. it to myself. And I, I sat back and I said, what would be a good expression? And I said, let's do this. I said, well, make America great. And I had sort of, we will make America great. Uh That was my first idea, but I didn't like it. And then all of a sudden, it was going to be make America great. But that didn't work because that was a slight to America because Uh that means that it was never great before. Uh And it has been great before. So I said, make America great again. I said, that is so good. I wrote it down. I went to my lawyers. I have a lot of lawyers in-house. We have uh-huh. many lawyers. I said, see if you can have this registered and trademarked. And why trademark? I, I mean, got it. Well, I'll tell you why. And how many trademarks do you have? Do you have a lot of them? Thou- hundreds. Thousands, uh-huh. actually. Uh-huh. Thousands. I have many, many trademarks. So I got it trademarked, Make America Great Again. And during when I announced I was going to run, other of the candidates started using my expression. Uh-huh. They heard me use it. They saw that, I, and in all fairness, I had big crowds right from the beginning. I didn't start off with five people and build up. Uh-huh. We had big crowds from the beginning. Uh-huh. We wrote them legal letters, and they immediately ceased. And we wrote them a cease and desist letter. If I didn't have it registered and trademark, I wouldn't be able to do it. Now, here's the thing. I already have my expression in four years. Uh-huh. Okay, let's stop there. All right. <laughs> all right so, so that's the process of this. It's, uh, do whatever you want with that. But he, six days after the election, he decided... 
uh, what the, what the slogan was going to be. Now, I love this clip here that I'm going to play for you because, again, it's it it um, what's the expression they use in, in like movies and TV? It's, it's tearing down the fourth wall, right? Uh, you get a little a little behind the scenes of how Trump does things and who he really is. So, my favorite clip of Trump that we've ever played was an interview that he did on the Adam Carolla podcast. Now, he was pretty close to Adam because um, Adam Carolla was a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice. So they kind of knew each other. Trump calls into his podcast and they talk. They go back and forth for a couple minutes. And then Trump goes, okay, Adam, let me know when you want to get started. We'll get, we'll get going. And Adam goes, oh, we've been recording. This, this is it. We're going. And Trump goes, oh, okay, okay. And then they keep going for a couple more minutes. And then Trump goes, okay, Adam, let me know when you want to start. We'll start the interview. And Adam's like, no, we've, we've been like, this is it. We're, we're in the middle of it. So what that, and he, he goes, oh, Trump goes, oh, okay, okay. So what that shows is what you could do is you could analyze Trump who's on, right? Who's being interviewed. But then you also got a glimpse on Trump before when he didn't think he was being interviewed and how he acted before he thought it was going to be recorded. Same person. <laughs> it's the same. He was the exact same to the point where in the part where he didn't think he was being recorded, he goes, um, hey, Adam, did you check out me on uh, Kimmel last night? Oh, it was great. I mean, the ratings were huge. And he goes, he goes, hey, Jim, hey, talk to, Ke- talk to Jerry. Get the ratings for Kimmel last night. Can you get the ratings for last night? I want to know the ratings. You know, Adam, I'm a ratings machine. <laughs> That's what he didn't think he was being recorded. I'm a ratings machine. Hilarious. Favorite clip I've ever come across with Trump. This is similar to that. So this is Trump's announcement on his campaign slogan for 2020. Here it is, 1285. That we will have such great success. Send my trademark lawyer in, please. Let's Are you ready? I'm ready. Keep America great. Wow. Exclamation point. With an exclamation Keep point. America great. And have you filed for it yet, or when do you file no, for it? No, you just reminded me. That's why. Get me my lawyer. <laughs> would you trademark and register, uh, if you would? Um, do you like it? I think I like that, right? America great. I think. Do this. Keep America great with an exclamation point. Exclamation. With and without an exclamation. Keep America great. Got it. With or without an exclamation. It's going to be so amazing. It's the only reason I give it to you. If I, if I, was, uh, if I was, like, uh, ambiguous about, if I wasn't sure about what was going to be happening, we're going to make, the country's going to be so great. We have such great people, Karen. This country has such potential. I always have that. Hilarious. Hilarious. How awesome. It's just like, he's just got people. That's how he gets stuff done. Hey, I do this. And they just go do it, right? So we'll see how frustrated he gets in government land where he says, hey, go do this. And then they can't because it's it's politics. I want to transition here, but I think there's a this ties in. So we've said for months, for a year and a half, we talked about how Trump is a master brander, master negotiator, how he wasn't running a political campaign. He was running a business negotiation. So if you've been listening for a while, uh, you understand the full, complete background to this. You just got a little insight into how his mind thinks about marketing and about branding, right? It was, I think we're going to run. 
right into what's the slogan going to be? Right, like that, That's how his brain thinks because that's what he is. Right? He's a businessman. He's a marketer. He's a promoter. That's his skill set. So that's how he thinks. And he understands the importance of these things. To the point where, do you remember a couple weeks ago when he was thinking about his cabinet and he was looking at John Bolton for Secretary of State? And it turns out that people have said, uh, people in his transition team said that he didn't choose John Bolton because he has a mustache and he didn't look the part. He said John Bolton didn't look the part of Secretary of State. And and his advisor said that he, in, in all the years he's worked with Trump, he doesn't know anyone around Trump who has facial hair. And he talked about how everyone around Trump looks the part. Now you may remember... Oh, by the way, he ended up going with Rex Tillerson, who looks the part, right? He looks like a secretary of state. Mike Pence looks like a general. He looks like a vice president, right? He's a, he's a strong, distinguished man. He looks the part straight out of central casting. And that's a word that Donald Trump uses a lot. Uh, you'll hear central casting. He gets it. Imagery, visuals are important. He talked about the, the people that he chooses to um, uh, be surrogates on television, right? They have to look the part. Uh, there's another example. Oh, uh, when he would say Hillary and Bernie don't look presidential, right? So you could think this is judgmental because, you know, it's about what's on the inside. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Trump understands the, the power of that, the impact of, of the visual and the impact of proper marketing and branding. That being said, I haven't heard anyone mention what I'm going to talk about right now for a minute. This is the most important part of the Obamacare replacement bill. I can't express this enough. To the point where if Obamacare, if the Obamacare replacement bill is an amazing bill, but it doesn't have this one thing in it, it's going to crash and burn. And flip side, if it's a terrible bill, but it does have this one thing, it's going to be amazing. And it's going to work. It's going to be successful. And it's going to pass and people are going to love it. I'm telling you, this one thing is the most important. Now, it shouldn't be. Don't get me wrong. It shouldn't be. This This should have, in a rational society, this should have nothing to do with the Obamacare replacement bill. Shouldn't even be of concern at all. It shouldn't make it one iota of difference. I want to be very clear with that. I'm not saying this is good that this makes a difference. But I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. What are you going to call it? What is the Obamacare replacement bill going to be called? Trump's a marketer. He's a salesman. What's he going to call it? It can't be Trump care. Jimmy Kimmel did a skit uh, last week where they went out into the streets, right? They did a man on the street thing. And they asked people, do you support Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act? Now, those are the same thing. But what you got was Obama supporters who loved Obamacare but hated the Affordable Care Act. And you had Trump supporters who hate Obamacare but love the Affordable Care Act. They're the same thing. Why do they love one and hate the other? Because it's got the person's name in it. That's it. So the, let's say Trump care. Right, the Obamacare replacement, Trump Care, it could be amazing, but it has Trump's name in it, and half the people hate, hate Trump. So it can't be called it can't be called Trump Care, it just can't. 
what are you going to call it? America care? I don't know. Maybe something like that, but it's got to like the, the name is everything. The name is everything. What are you going to call the Obamacare replacement? bill? It can't be something lame. Like politicians lately do these, um, you know, long winded name for acronyms and stuff like that. I don't think it can be something like that. It's got to be short, quick, sweet, unassailable. And, and just, I don't know. I don't know what it's got to be. I think certain brand names are so, I think certain things are popular because of their name. And this is going to be an example of that. I mean, there's a lot of products that we call just by the brand name, right? Like jet ski, right? Well, it's actually called a personal watercraft, but we call it a jet ski. Jet ski is the brand. Uh, Crock-Pot. It's a Crock-Pot. Crock-Pot's the brand. It's a slow cooker. Chapstick. Uh, Kleenex. Q-tips. Scotch tape. Tupperware. Band-Aids. Xerox. Styrofoam. These are all brand names, right? So Trump, the, the Obamacare replacement bill has to have a brand name that sticks. And it can't be divisive. It's everything. I'll be excited, I'll be excited to see what he comes up with. It's got, and it, it has to be before other people call it something. You can't let the MSNBC come up with a name. Trump has to come up with a name and it has to be unveiled right in the beginning, which is like next week. Something to think about. Something to be on the lookout for. 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. If you have a suggestion on what to call the Obamacare replacement, send me a tweet. We'll, um, we'll consider it. I'll send it off to the big man. Slater Radio on Twitter. S-L-A-T-E-R. Slater Radio on Twitter. All right, we'll talk about Betsy DeVos coming up next. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. On The Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. All right, I want to talk about Betsy DeVos. Uh, She is the pick for Secretary of Education. I think she's a a great choice, big school choice advocate. She's probably the the candidate who you're going to hear, the nominee who you're going to hear the most uh, hatred about because you have the unions who despise her because she's for uh, school choice and uh, she's for charter schools and charter schools don't have unions and the unions are well organized, obviously, so you're going to hear a ton of attacks against her. Um, I want to play this clip here. Do we have clip uh, 1286 on the ready? This is the senator from Connecticut. His name's uh, Chris Murphy, who's talking to, uh, who's, who's grilling. Have you noticed every, every time uh, you see an article or the news about these nomination processes, it's always the senators grilling the nominees. So here's Chris Murphy grilling uh, Betsy DeVos. Here it is. One final question. Do you think that guns have any place in or around schools? Uh, I think that's best left to locales and states to decide. If if the underlying question is... Um, you, can't say that, you can't say definitively today that guns shouldn't be in schools? Well, I, I will refer back to uh, Senator Enzi and the school that he was talking about in Wapiti, Wyoming. I think probably there, I, I would imagine that there's probably 
a gun in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. If President, if President Trump moves forward with his plan to ban gun-free school zones, will you support that proposal? Um, I will support what the president-elect does, but... Okay, stop there. So uh, let's go back to the original question here. Now, this video is being spread around. It's actually on Chuck Schumer's Facebook page because people on the left think that that makes Betsy DeVos look like an idiot. The reason she may not look good coming out of that is because it's a it's a dumb question. Um, and, and we got to be quick on this. So so the original question is, do you think guns have any place in or around schools? Do you remember uh, around Thanksgiving? Maybe it was Christmas. I think it was Thanksgiving. We gave some advice on how to debate, how to have a conversation with, how to change the minds. Um, with, with progressive friends or family members. How do you do that? How do you actually do that? And there's different things to do. I mean, if you want to win an argument, it's pretty simple. But if you want to change their mind on a topic, well, it's very different. But either way, when you're talking to a progressive, ask them to define their terms. This is the most important thing to do. Define their terms. Everything. And you don't have to be... It's, good. it's great because, first of all, you don't talk a lot at all. You just ask questions. And it's very revealing. So the question is, do you think guns have any place in or around schools? I would say, Senator, guns carried by whom? So in this hypothetical scenario, who are you talking about? And let, you know, let him answer, but I'll just pretend as if he's here. Uh, who are you talking about? Are you talking about varsity rifle teams? Because there are schools all across the country that have abandoned gun ranges in the basement where the rifle teams used to practice. And there's people listening right now who remember when they or classmates would bring their rifle to school because they had a match that night. So are you talking about competitive shooting guns for, for, for varsity teams? Okay, probably not, because those don't exist much anymore. Uh, Senator, are you talking about police officers? Because, yes, I think guns should be held by police officers in and around schools. But, by the way, around schools, what do you mean by around schools? Because in schools, like in, like in the building, but around, does around mean like on the campus, or do you mean like a, like a mile radius around the, the school? Like, what do you mean by around the school exactly? And then let him talk about that. Um, Senator, are, are you talking about trained teachers having guns? Like teachers who are trained by local law enforcement and went through the gun safety classes and have regular follow-up training, should they be allowed to carry guns? Is that what you're talking about? Because yes, I think they, I think they should. But you talk about like, like should guns be allowed to enter on campus as if they have legs and they can walk in themselves? Because no, if a gun literally grew legs and walked into the school, I, I would stop that gun because that's just weird. I've never seen that before. And I would donate it to science because how did the gun grow legs? But if you're talking about who the gun is carried by, well, you got to be more specific. I mean, do you mean parents who have concealed carry permits? Should they be allowed to bring their gun on campus? Now, that's a little more of a gray area. You know, we can have a conversation about it. I think they still should. But we can have a conversation about that. But, Senator, I need you to be more specific with your question because I can't answer vague hypotheticals. And the bottom line is, Senator, you asked this at the end of your question, if I may. You said, would I be in support of banning gun-free zones? Well, I don't know. You, we already have gun-free zones. Now, how's that working out for you, Senator? Ask for specifics and ask for clarification. I was talking to someone the other day 
just yesterday on my local show about uh, how privatized prisons have uh, have imprisoned black leaders. Okay, so it's a bold it's a bold statement, and I said who? You couldn't name it, right? So like, you gotta na- like if you're gonna make a statement like that, you have to be able to name one, right? Or or, or should should guns have any place in or around schools? Who? <laughs> so like, ask for specifics and ask them to define their terms. They'll run themselves in circles. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. More about Betsy DeBoss coming up next. Spread the word. Mike Slater on The Blaze Radio Network. Mighty Crusaders. Chat a couple minutes about Betsy DeVos here. Uh, again, choice for education secretary. Obviously, knives are out uh, against her because she's for school choice. How dare she? How dare she? want parents to be able to choose what school to send their kids to. Unbelievable. What a wretched woman. Now, you're going to hear all the normal attacks. Right? She's against your school. Blah, blah. All right, she, right, um, uh, what was one uh, here I wrote? Oh, Newsweek. Betsy DeVos is coming for your public schools. Right? She's going to end public schools as we know it, which to me sounds like a great thing. But there's another attack that's underlying all of these. And you'll, you'll hear it woven into other uh, attacks against her. And it's not going to stop once she gets uh, uh, confirmed. It is that Betsy DeVos is a Christian. Now, we can talk about the charter school part. Uh, and I would love to. Wall Street Journal. So she's from Michigan. And she's been leading a school choice movement in Michigan for a long time. And Wall Street Journal says that of the top 25 schools in Detroit, 18 of them are charter schools. And the bottom, the worst 25 schools in Detroit, 23 of those are traditional schools. Only two are charter. All right, so your top 25, 18 of them are charter. The bottom 25, only two. Now, are charter schools guaranteed to be the answer all the time? This is very, very important what I'm going to say here because the number one response when you talk about charter schools and how there are some great charter schools you get from uh, the, the, the unions is, uh, well, what about this charter school over here? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, not all charter schools. The charter schools aren't guaranteed to be the best school in town. The difference is, though, the charter schools that don't succeed go out of business public schools or traditional schools that fail get more money. I know I mentioned this before, but Lincoln High here in San Diego. Lincoln High, 70% of 10th graders can't, can't read at grade level. 70%, 70% can't read at grade level. And the district said that the reason why, why test scores are so low at Lincoln High is because so many kids enter the ninth grade with a second grade reading level. Now, I, I, there's plenty of play to go around here. There's plenty at Lincoln High, but if kids are entering Lincoln High, it can't be Lincoln High's fault. So that means it's the whole system because what's up with third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade that would graduate and push on and move on kids who still can't read at a second grade reading level. The system is broken. But the system doesn't go out of business. Instead, Lincoln High 10 years ago got a $129 million renovation. $129 million for high school. And now it's near empty because 10 years later, it's so dangerous, parents won't send their kids there. Okay? So it failed and it gets more money. 
A charter school fails, it, go out of, it goes out of business. Big difference. All right, I'm getting off track. Once I get to talking about education, I just roll. So um, let me talk about Betsy DeVos again. The attack, the biggest attack against her, the underlying attack is that she's a Christian. Uh, this is Mother Jones. Betsy DeVos wants to use America's schools to build the God's kingdom. The New Republic, DeVos represents the worst of the school choice movement because she is a religious, a quote, religious zealot. Huffington Post, she doesn't belong in a government job in which separation of church and state is crucial. By the way, I was at a Bible study the other day and uh, my friend's daughter goes to a private Christian school and every week they're focusing on one of the Ten Commandments for 10 weeks. So they focus on one and then they, they weave it throughout uh, all the classes throughout the, 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 the week and then they talk about it everywhere they can in the school and then they move on to the next commandment. Uh, this used to happen in public schools, right? Talking about the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments in every classroom not long ago. This used to be uh, something that happened in public schools, and now it's verboten. Uh, this is my favorite attack, though. Newsweek did a little uh, little investigative journalism. Pretty impressive. We told you after Trump won, all these journalists are going to once again find a new calling for their profession. Uh, so they, they looked at her alma mater, her college, Calvin College, school in Grand Rapids, where she's from. So this is Newsweek. <clears throat> Any attempt to forecast what DeVos might do as Secretary of education must begin here at this college of 4,000 that bids its students. This is great. It doesn't instruct. It doesn't encourage. It bids, right? So there's like, like an evilness to that, right? Like, like they're like the kids are subjected by, by the, the overlords, like the overlords bid the students to act as quote, Christ's agents of renewal in the world. Sounds scary, doesn't it? That sounds scary. Christ's agents of renewal. By the way, it's a Christian college, obviously, right? So they they encourage students to become Christ's agents of renewal in the world. Now, if you are inclined to think that Christians are nuts, that sounds very scary. The person who wrote this Newsweek article, and we've talked about this before, um, I guarantee you, I, I can absolutely guarantee you that anyone who read this article from Newsweek, so whether the person who wrote it, the copy editor, the editor, the whoever, right? whoever reads these articles, none of them are Christian. None of them. Because any Christian would read that sentence and say, yeah? Like, what, what's the problem? But if you're not a Christian, that sounds super scary. Christ, right? Christ is a scary word. And then agents of renewal. Like, what the heck is that? Like, these are all like Jesus freak buzzwords. But all it means is that the world is broken and you should be a good person. Okay, that's what it means to be Christ's agent of renewal in the world. The world is broken, be a good person. <laughs> it means the world is a dark place and you should be a light. That's what it means. So, yeah, any attempt to forecast what DeVos might do as the education secretary must begin with her time at this Christian college that instructed students to become Christ agents of renewal in the world. In other words, instructed their students to be good people. Which is why DeVos has donated millions of dollars to charities, including 
education-related charities because she feels that if you can affect a kid's education and you can improve a kid's education, then you can improve the rest of their lives. They can have lasting benefits more than just a bowl of soup. So what you have there is just your classic attack on Christianity in America. The fact that she's a Christian at all is a bad thing. Weird. We'll take a break. I'll come back. Um, the women's march or whatever happened or is happening now in cities across the country. There's one thing I would like to to say to the the uh, fine ladies who are marching for women's rights or uh, one here thing I hear is um, they don't don't take away our contraception or something or other like that. Uh, I want to chat about that. That's important. And this is the one thing I would say to them if I could uh, get the microphone at one of these events. We'll do that next. One eight 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 nine hundred. 3393 Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater on The Blaze Radio Network. I want to go to uh, Lisa in Kentucky. Lisa, how are you today? Hi, Mike. Good. I love your show. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. You too. And um, I just want to make a comment about the confirmation hearings about the Department of Education. Yes, ma'am. And can you reread that question? Yeah. Are you talking about the uh, the gun related question? Yes. Yes, it was. uh, What do you think about having guns in or around campus? Yes, I would say, well, first of all, I, I think and support guns in and around this Senate hearing room and building and campus. And so, of course, I support guns in or around public schools protecting our most precious and most vulnerable in our society and our future of our country. (laughs) Beautiful, Lisa. Way to turn it around on them. That's perfect. That's I know perfect. it, right? Because how about this? What, and what if she? Uh, what if she even threw it back on the senator? Right. So I'm going to use your exact words, but just make it a question. Well, I don't know, Senator. What do you think about having guns in or around the Capitol building to keep us safe? Right. Put yeah, it on him. Yeah. She could have done that too. Yeah. Yep. Put on, and then he'll yeah. be like, uh, 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 it's yeah. different. <laughs> you know, why is it different? Exactly. If anything, as you said, the school is is even more important to protect. Exactly. Exactly. Lisa, I like it. Are you going to be uh, education secretary? Or, or up for any confirmation hearings? Hey, I could be, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish you were. You'd, you'd do better than most. <laughs> Lisa, you're awesome. I Thank would. you so much for listening. Thank you. I love you. Thank you, Lisa. Have an awesome day. Look at that. Lisa from Kentucky. Uh-huh. There she goes. Bye-bye. Beautiful. Look at that. Anyone from Kentucky. That's what you just get. That's what you get. So I used to live in Tennessee, Lisa. I miss it. I miss Tennessee so much. I miss the people. I was just out to dinner last night with some friends here in San Diego, and they asked if there's a difference uh, in the people between here in Tennessee and Kentucky? Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> good, I know good people here, don't get me wrong, good people in San Diego. Um, but, oh, man, salt of the earth in Kentucky and Tennessee. I love it, Lisa. You brighten my day. Thanks so much. Um, all right, so today you got the Women's March. Lisa just oh, couldn't make it in D.C. I bet she's, uh, she's a little too busy uh, to go to the, the Women's March in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Um, if I were there and I could grab the microphone, this is what I would ask. In 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 light and to the to the people there, in light of what Lisa just did, a great job of flipping it back around, right? So in in that spirit, I would flip it back around to them. Now, a quick backup fact 
background fact here. Abortion, the abortion rate in America today is the lowest it's been at any recorded point. Now, what I'm going to give you are ratio numbers. So bear with me for a second. So Roe v. Wade was 1973. Uh, that, that year, there were 16 abortions per 1,000 women, 16 per 1,000. It peaked in 1980, 29 abortions per 1,000 women. And it's been pretty steadily declining since then, since 1980. And now we're down to 14 abortions per 1,000 women. 2013 was the first time that it's fell below a million abortions since the 1970s. 1.6 million was the highest. So it was 1.6 million. Then in 2013, it fell under a million. And now it's a little bit lower than that. Now, Planned Parenthood says that the abortion rate is the lowest it's been in the last whatever 40 years because women have greater access to birth control and contraception. Okay, I, I've, I'll go with that. Sounds fine. But here's the craziest part about this. It's Republicans who want to make birth control even easier to get. Republicans want the pill to be available over the counter. It's the Democrats. It's Planned Parenthood who wants that to be illegal. Right Right now, you got to get a doctor's prescription in order to get the pill. That's how Planned Parenthood wants it. It's Republicans who say, why? You should just be able to go right to CVS and buy the pill if you want. It's Republic, excuse me, it's Democrats and it's Planned Parenthood who want you to still need a doctor's prescription. That, I mean, that makes it harder, right? I mean, that's a, it's a roadblock in getting the bill, right? Why, do, why does Planned Parenthood want, you to requ- want a uh, prescription required? Why does Planned Parenthood want that? Because they want more people to walk through their doors. <laughs> that's it. If women can just go get the pill over the counter, then there's no need for them to go to Planned Parenthood to get permission to buy the pill. So all these women marching in D.C. because, uh, as Cecilia Richards said, the head of Planned Parenthood, she said, we shouldn't go backwards on access to birth control. They literally are the people who want to make it harder to access birth control. It is completely backwards. So remember that when one of your coworkers or whoever says that they wish they could, uh, they could be at the Women's March because women deserve access to birth control. Yeah, I know. That's why Republicans want the pill to be over the counter. It's Planned Parenthood who wants it to, need a, uh, who, who wants it to remain where you need to, a, a doctor's prescription. Isn't that amazing? Totally, totally backwards. So I would get up in front of the march in front of all the people, all the women there, and be like, hey, does everyone want birth control to be over the counter? Yeah! Then vote Republican! I don't think they'd like that. Now, everything you're seeing right here with the Women's March and this whole women's rights, whatever, it's been in the works for decades. Do you remember when Mitt Romney, it hit, it hit a peak though, when Mitt Romney was in one of the debates with George Stephanopoulos and out of nowhere, Stephanopoulos asked Mitt Romney if he thinks birth control should be illegal. Or, or, sh- or should states be allowed to outlaw birth control? And, and Mitt Romney said, what? Like, he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, he's like, I don't know of anyone ever, ever once proposing such a thing. Like, why are you asking me that? I've never, I've never heard of that. Where did that come from? <laughs> right? That was George Stephanopoulos getting fed 
a question because the whole plan was to make this a thing, to make this a lie that birth control would be banned if you don't what vote for Planned Parenthood. When in reality, it's the exact opposite. It's the Republicans who want to make it easier to access. To access. Something to keep in mind. One eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three Slater Radio on Twitter. I want to come back with a great example of why you need to be discerning. You need to have great discernment when you read uh, newspaper articles. I'll give you a little tip. If they have an article that involves numbers, but there are no numbers in the article, they're probably hiding something. Talk about it next. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.